0: Oh, there you go. That's very, uh, rubbery. Five, four,
1: three, two, one, one, let's get started. Let's go.
2: Is great. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson, Richard James and Chris Dale. Uh, hello. It's so nice to see you I was again. was nice see you when I was passing, so I
3: thought I'd drop in. Oh thank that's funny, that's me too actually. Really?
2: Yeah, I didn't didn't
3: well, intend to be here. Well
2: listen, while we're here yeah. and we've got these headphones on and, uh, and these mics in front of us. And the cameras are rolling, why don't we do a Jerry Anderson podcast? <laughs> I mean... It's just a thought. Do you think that'll work? <laughs> no, probably
3: not. With no preparation? Has it worked before? <laughs> uh, no. Well, it seems to have actually worked about 265 oh. times previously.
2: Yes. And they do say if you want to predict things going forward, you should look at how things have gone in the past. Look at the pattern. So oh, there's dear. a downward trend. <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
3: yeah. we'll try and do our best to avert disaster of this whole thing crashing into the ground. Yes. Uh... Can we do that? Yes, uh, well, I'll try my best. Good, okay, well. Uh, I'm only half of the equation, of course. Uh, of course, well, I'm the other half of that yes. equation. Actually, yes. no, that's not true. Mm. You're a third of the equation. True I'm, I'm one third. I'm uh, Jamie Anderson. Yes, So, I, so well, what I was going to say, give oh, me some context, oh, so sure, can I sure. do
2: that? Context, yes, it's all about context. Thank you. Go on. I'm Jamie Anderson, some of the late, great Jerry Anderson. Right. But that's all. Okay. Oh, well, that's it. That's yeah, as far yeah. as you're going. With Over that. to you. Okay. Uh, well, I'm Richard James. Uh, oh, I've appeared in all sorts of Jerry Anderson things, really. I mean, space printing, of course. Uh, yes, but also, on. oh, I've written novels, uh, Five Star Five and Interstellar 2004, yes. yes. Uh, and also, oh, I've done a few audio things like First Action Bureau yes, and, and Planet of the Bones. Planet of the bones
3: the zero x story yes and also yes. jeremy vile jeremy vile in terrorhawks vile
2: yeah that's right title role no less
3: yes that's right great great yeah. Yeah. that's
2: right pardon
3: and we're also joined by uh the lovely random
2: chris dale ah, over there on the sofa ah, hi chris he hi guys good to, see you. Hey, good to see you chris looking sparky today sparky rather than itchy oh Quite interesting yeah hmm. itchy sparky, sparky. okay uh, and why is chris here Richard? well he's here for the randomizer of course uh, we know it's everyone's favorite part of the podcast particularly yes. now that they can actually sit down and watch the blooming thing with him oh it's such a nice on thing on the sofa that. i do love that yeah that's great uh it's uh, you know he picks a random episode using this special randomizer oh, device from a random jerry anderson series oh. and gives us his thoughts and comments often employing a good
3: deal of wit into the bark. quite a lot, and, and also mm. just a fantastic resource of knowledge that he draws upon. Oh, thank he, goodness! He's like an Anderson encyclopedia.
2: He is. He's an
3: andopedia. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. uh, after said Anderpedia, what else can we look forward to in uh, the Jerry Anderson podcast yes. this week?
2: Well, we've got all the usual gubbins coming up, of course. of course. I mean, it'd be a shame not to while we're here. Uh, for example, <laughs> in a moment, we've got Fab Facts, which I know for a start is Jamie's favourite part of the it podcast. It certainly you is. Look forward to it every week, don't you? I can't It'll wait. Gleam in your eye. Uh, we've got some Jerry Anderson news from our other sort of roving reporter, Jamie Anderson. He's not roving, he's always in the same place. Uh, he is, that's true. But that'll be beamed in a little bit later on because we'd like to keep it current. Current news? Yes. Not 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 news about currents. Not It's not a bakery show. It's oh, not Bake Off. Dad jokes now. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then of course we've got um, news, fab facts. <gasps> Lee Sullivan's joining us. Oh, on Jeff Tracy sofa for the first part of my interview. Is like calling, Why
3: do you call him, him Uncle Rubbish? He started it. I don't know. Uh, he, <laughs> I, I, he referred to me as his nephew at some point, and then I okay. called him Uncle, and he said, oh, "I'm your Uncle Rubbish." Great. Which is a it's, it's a it's a comedy reference, isn't it? From is uh, it? yeah. Podstorons, if you know why Lee Sullivan's called Uncle Rubbish, email us, podcast at jerryanderson.com. Right. <laughs> that would be great. Thank okay, you. Okay,
2: fantastic. Yeah, so he'll be uh, sharing with us uh, his first Anderson memories. He'll also be picking some viewers and listeners, listeners' questions out of the Zelda mask. Yeah, Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. Which is a bit... I know. I, sorry, I had, I had one job, but yeah. I, I've got a
2: replacement okay. question container on the way. OK, look forward to that. Uh, and then, of course, we've got our lovely Podstron's. That's you at home, listeners and viewers who would be getting in touch at podcast.gerryanderson.com with your thoughts and comments, and we'll be reading some of those those out a bit later on. I'm getting so excited, I'm tripping over myself. Well, yeah, I know, but well, that's because you've got Fab
3: Facts coming up in a second. It's not because of It is, Facts. I can tell. I know you pretend every week, but Fab Facts is one of Richard's favourites. After recording, he always says, do you know what, Jamie, that Fab Fact was... Brilliant. I loved it. So glad we got Fab Facts. And then he pretends on the show to hate it. So if it makes you happy. Look at you and your acting. Okay, well, uh, because you hate them so much... Yes. I'm going to give you a Fab fact.
2: Oh, I knew it!
3: Now, time for this week's Fab Facts. Well, what? it's Fab Facts, because you yes. love it so much. Yes. Uh, I've got my book of Fab Facts right here. There it is. Yes, mm-hmm. and I'm going to flick through it. Richard's going to shout Fab at a random point, which will randomly stop me while I'm flicking on a random Fab fact. Mm. And I'm going to read it for you after that point.
2: Oh, okay. <clears throat> but after that
3: point. Well, I can't read it to you now, because I don't know what it is yet, do I? No, true enough. Otherwise, we wouldn't bother it, with all of this. It's called a format, isn't it?
2: Exactly. Yeah.
3: So, hmm. following the format point, yes. are you ready with your Fab? Born ready. I'm ready with my flick. Here we go. Fab. Hmm. <gasps> mm. How was that? Oh, what? Page three hundred and four. Three hundred
2: and four. It's mm. an old favourite,
3: isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We've yeah. been in proximity to this page before. Have we? Uh, well, we'll find out. Richard, have you ever wondered what the stars of your favourite programmes watch on their TVs?
2: Ah. Oh, hmm. Go on. Hmm.
3: Well, wouldn't it be rather strange if they watch the same things that we watch? <gasps> okay. As in, yes. Imagine Imagine Captain Scarlet yeah. tuning into the latest adventures of Stingray. Or even mm-hmm. Professor Bergman enjoying a, a spot of R and R and tuning into Space Precinct. Oh I bet he would you know. Uh, which actually there's a good chance that yeah. by now it may be enjoying a repeat somewhere in September nineteen ninety-nine <laughs> right, in the yes. show, just as the moon broke out of Earth's orbit. Yeah, it could have happened. Yeah. Makes total sense. Sure. And of course, There's the famous episode of uh, Sylvester McCoy's Doctor Who, you Mm. will remember, uh, set in November 1963, where the camera cuts away just as the TV announcer proclaims, and Saturday viewing continues with an adventure in the new science fiction
2: series Ah. Doctor... Yes, Yes, I do remember that. So they're they're, they're watching Doctor Who in the Doctor Who universe. It's very meta, isn't it? It's a a lovely
3: little thing. It is But such a thing could never happen in the world of Gerry Anderson, could it? I doubt it. Well... What? I'm afraid to say, mm. actually, I'm thrilled to say, <laughs> it did. OK, go on, yeah. tell me about it. So, the Fireball XL5 story, A Day in the Life of a Space General, the mm. one that was colorized by uh, Network many, many years ago. In that uh, episode, Commander Zero's son, Jonathan, is shown watching television while eating his breakfast. And what is he watching? Ah. Only the Four Feather Falls episode, Ambush. I see. Which aired on Earth mm. three years earlier. Right. So not on, not for the yes. guys in XL5, no, but actual terrestrial yes, Earth, sure. real mm. world Earth. Okay. You get it? Yeah, I do. So I suppose it makes sense from a copyright point of view, because if you'd been watching something else, they would have had to pay for it outside of the Anton Stable. Yeah. Um, we also have uh, Dick Spanner being watched on TV in the Lavender Castle episode, The Twilight Tower. Really? I did not know that. But... There is another incident where it seems something was included simply as what we might call today an Easter egg. Oh, yeah. For those watching at home. Yes. In the episode Space Pirates, take a look at the bookshelves behind Jonathan's bed as Dr. Venus tells him a story. The more eagle-eyed viewers will spot the cover of a supercar annual showing that the young lad was a keen fan of the classic Super Mario Nation series. Mm-hmm. Impressive, eh? Yeah. It's not certain whether the cover matches a real supercar annual, of which there were certainly many, so perhaps in the Fireball XL5 universe, supercar lasted beyond the two series that we'd seen.
2: Oh, wow.
3: And inspired another run of merchandise, okay. possibly.
2: yes. Yeah. Um, possibly, <laughs> you say, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Well, who knows? We can, but dream. Ah, oh, yes. Lost episodes of XL5. Yeah. That's nice, isn't it? Nice idea.
3: Yeah. But it was all a bit meta.
2: It was a bit meta. It'd be a bit like us listening to episodes of the Jerry Anderson podcast. That hadn't actually happened. <laughs> right. Are there any episodes of Jerry Anderson Podcast that haven't actually happened? Because well, we've made quite a few of them.
3: There's a few that got deleted along the way by mistake, aren't there? As you'll remember, thanks to audio uh,
2: cock-ups. Yes, so. that's right. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. But there we go. Nice. Did, okay. did you enjoy that? Uh, did I enjoy it? Yes. I mean, it, you, something that happened and you, I was here to witness it. Can you pretend to have enjoyed it? Hey, that was great. Thank you. Acting no, again. I have to say, I do enjoy Fab Facts. I'm getting to like it more and more. Especially, I think it's being in the room with you as you read them out. <laughs> That's what it is.
3: I'm glad that really helps you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there you go, Postrons. If you can think of any other instances of that happening, yes. drop us a note podcast at jerryanderson.com. Yes. Or where it might have fitted or how it could have fitted inside Anderson Cannon.
2: Right. Is there an Anderson Cannon?
3: Going to fire sorry, you out of it in a minute. Sorry. Anyway, shall we uh, bring that one to an end? I think we should. I'm just
2: trying to think what we can end it with.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure either. Mm, go on be then. It's tricky, isn't go it? Go lead up to uh, it. I'm going to pad a bit while yes. we have a think mm-hmm. and uh, reach the very okay. end of? of
2: this week's <gasps> Alternative Powerball XL5 Fact! fact. Uh, uh, that's a bit long, wasn't it? A bit elongated.
3: Yeah, I was going to go for screen fact because it was a screen that they were watching things on.
2: It's a bit generic, um, I thought. Not specific enough. Anyway. Try better next time. Move on. Great. I look forward to next week's Fab Fact. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, Now, listeners, viewers, you can subscribe to us on whichever platform you're listening to us or even watching us on. I'm guessing that's going to be YouTube. Mostly, yeah. Yeah. Why not hit follow or subscribe? Uh, Or there's a little bell thing, isn't there, to get new notifications? There there? is. I don't really understand. Hit the bell. Hit the bell. Hey, hit the bell. Ding. Mm. I was in a pizza hut commercial once. Oh. I played a Klingon, and I had to say "hit the hut" in Klingon. Yes. Do you know what it is? I still remember all these years later. P- please do. Ret sit set plik. Ret sit set plick. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I can speak Klingon. Just for that,
3: though. Yeah, that's all I know. Not super useful when joining Starfleet. Right?
2: Well, give it time. Uh, yeah, so rate and review us as well. Why not leave us a lovely five star rating? Let us know how we're doing with a few words of praise. Be nice. I yeah, because we like a bit of praise. We, we, it's good for us. We prefer character stick. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely a caraman. man. Uh, yeah, uh, and also do get in touch with us at podcast at jerryanderson.com. Now, it's that time of the podcast where we catch up on the Jerry Anderson news.
3: Ah, oh, will we hand over to other me at hmm. another secret location. How so many weird. more are there, I wonder? Don't worry, there's only one. Is it one. a different you every week or the same other you? It's the same boring other me. That's relief. Yeah, Great. so over to boring other me. Hello, this is Jamie Anderson back again with the latest updates from Anderson Entertainment, so let's jump straight into this week's Jerry Anderson news. Starting with a recap of last week's Captain Scarlet Day, what an event it was. Now unfortunately, if you were hoping to get your hands on one of the Ron Embleton print sets, they've all sold out. But don't fret, we still have limited numbers of the This Is The Voice Of The Mr. Arms t-shirt and the Martian Menace CD still available so hurry and place your orders before they're all gone too. In the audio department we have two exciting mini album style CD releases coming later this week. We're a big fan of this format and we know many of you are too so stand by for action as we prepare to go full power on these super audio releases. Now we must address a small hiccup that we experienced last week. Regrettably due to a software error our inventory t-shirts appeared as unavailable during checkout despite actually being in stock so we sincerely apologise for any inconvenience this may have caused you, but we're happy to report that this issue has now been fixed and you're good to go. In the realm of on-demand video, I'm delighted to say that Jerry Anderson A Life Uncharted is now available to rent or buy on Amazon UK. Visit ander.son slash uncharted amazon to get your copy and embark on an intimate journey through Dad's life and career. Well that wraps up this week's updates from Anderson Entertainment. I'm Jamie Anderson, wishing you a fantastic week ahead. Stay tuned next week for more exciting Gerry Anderson news coming your way very soon.
2: Well, there you go. Excuse me, I haven't sung it last week. Oh, you, sorry. You sorry. got sorry. on at me for not singing it. And now you're barging in with your size 12s before I've had a chance to sing it. 11s. That was the news, that was the news. Oh, right. you're back in fine voice there. You were to say.
3: Sorry, yes, <laughs> Uh that was interesting, wasn't it? Oh, was that it? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Well, there, there's some news from other me.
2: That's it. That's that's all you were going to say. Yeah, I was just doing a segue. You interrupted my I was my doing song. a segue from... A segue? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll put you on a segue and push you down the stairs. <laughs> this is the voice of the
1: Podsterons.
2: Now, our lovely uh, listeners and <laughs> viewers, the Podsterons have been emailing us a podcast at jerryanderson.com. Just Very a couple lovely. this week as you'll see one of them is rather long and very specific would you like me to take the long one or do you fancy it? oh go? the long one is all yours <laughs> this thank you is from michael house who's in tokyo in japan so dear podcast hosts, that's you and me mm. possibly chris it is chris too congratulations on the start of your sixth year of the jerry anderson podcast mm-hmm. sixth
0: year mm.
2: with pod 261 here are some remarks. Uh, on the Japanese pronunciations mentioned in this pod's oh, no. fab fast segment okay. It's probably best that you
3: are doing this Because I am, as previously <laughs> mentioned, the king of mispronunciations
2: uh, Michael goes on to say I will do my best to spare you a dissertation On the trickier nuances of English versus Japanese pronunciation Good But first, Gatiga. This is a bilingual portmanteau, hinging on the ti portion in the middle, at least when rendered in the phonemic English alphabet, as opposed to the syllabic Japanese writing system. Right. The first part is the Japanese word gatai, which, depending on context, can be variously rendered in English as combination, merging, fusion, or similar words to that effect. Okay. The key is the Japanese i diphthong, in this word which is pronounced like the English word I or the I in tiger mm-hmm. the English part of the portmanteau in addition the two T's in Gatai connote a dropped or silent consonant meaning that there's an unvoiced half syllable in this case between "ga" and tai Gatai maybe the unvoiced consonant okay this is opposed to a silent vowel of which Jap- Japanese of course has none I mean we know that <laughs> but I digress he says yeah just a bit. And the second part is much simpler. As mentioned above, it is the English word tiger, as in the South Asian feline apex predator. In case Great. You're wondering. Uh, put Gatai together with tiger, and you get Gat ga with emphasis on the tai, i.e. gattai-ga. That's it. As an aside, the show is actually about a team of five racing cars that could combine into a single larger and more powerful vehicle, the titular Gat Second. I'm with you. Evangelion. Here we go, opening another can of worms. First, a G in Japanese Japanese, is always a hard G, never a soft J. Okay. Okay. Second, E is always pronounced E, not E, and I is always E, never I. Keep keep me up. No. Third, the accent is probably best on the third syllable, i.e. Evangelion. Right. Evangelion. Feel free to ask any further questions or disregard as you deem appropriate. Oh, now he
3: tells me <laughs> it's too late to disregard. No, now, I didn't have a choice. Oh, okay. Uh,
2: be seeing you, and that's from Michael House in
3: well, Tokyo, Japan. Do you know what? Yes. I quite like this email. Oh. Because it's very much in the spirit of all the kind of podstroms in yep. that if we. Get something wrong, or we don't understand something, or we miss something, or we don't know something, yeah. they will very kindly fill us in. There's no finger wagging. No. Well, s- sometimes, but that's normally about other stuff. Yeah. But, th- but it's just a very kind, here's how you do it in case you wanted to know so thank you michael thank you michael and i'm i apologize in advance i'm going to get it wrong again in in future oh of course that's bound to happen but yeah yeah. isn't that nice we've got all these kind of cultural learnings and linguistics and stuff that you'd never normally expect from a a podcast of this uh, caliber
2: (laughs) (laughs) caliber exactly every day is a jerry anderson school day well i love it yeah okay uh i've got an email here go on then it's from juhan oh yes great
3: regular contributor yeah Uh, He begins, My time has come! (laughs) Right, okay. Uh, And that's from you, Han. No, he says, uh, Yes! Uh, Anime is my next biggest love alongside Gerry Anderson. And there's some that definitely come to mind. This is in connection with uh, the anime influence (sighs) that uh, Jerry Anderson has had. Rather topical with uh, a Comics Illustrator joining us. Very much so, yes, Yes, absolutely. Uh, Now he goes on, firstly, the anime series Sakura Wars, based on the the popular Sega games in Japan, revolves around an alternate reality set in Japan in the early 20th century, where the women of the Imperial Flower Division Provides musical theatre performances for the residents of Tokyo while combating demon spirits in their steam-powered mecha suits.
2: How, how did that ever get commissioned?
3: I Amazing. The <laughs> elaborate launch sequences in this show for each series are very, very reminiscent of Thunderbirds. Oh, yeah. Great. Well, there's the connection. Yeah. Next is more regarding a creator than a series, but Shoji Kawamori is well-known for his love of Thunderbirds. He's the main designer for the transforming fighter craft seen in the Macross franchise, which was some may know better as Robotech. To bring it full circle, his love of Thunderbirds eventually brought him on to design Thunderbird Shadow, Thunderbirds are Go, the 2015 ITV series. Right, okay. That's all I can fit into this email before I t- turn it into a tome. <laughs> thank you, Johan. Well, <laughs> we like a tome. Uh, we do, but this is good, thank you. <laughs> um, but this is but a taste of the Japanese adoration and respect for Gerry Anderson. Oh, and uh, it's pronounced a-fang-ge-le-eon. Evangelion. Uh, yes, we know. We know we've just had Michael
2: House from Tokyo who's explained all of that in great detail. Yeah, so
3: thank you, Johan. But, but we're, thanks, we're, we're doing our best. Excellent. Have an excellent day. Regards, Johan. Thank oh, you thanks
2: very much. much yeah, uh, this is fascinating. I mean, uh, would Lee know much about anime?
3: No, no, right. No, he's not an anime boy. He's very much TV Twenty One, TV yeah, Comic, all the kind of the classics from the sixties. Yeah, uh, very kind of Brit centric and a little bit of kind of Marvel, Transformers. Ah, oh, like, yeah. Biker mice from Mars, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I say yeah like I know what I'm talking about. But he did, but oh, not yeah. anime Great. I see. I feel like we're sort of you know tapping into something here that's obviously a bit of a subset within mm. the Jerry Anderson fandom. Yeah. Uh, you know the links between the Jerry Anderson oeuvre. And, uh, and anime. Uh, keep them coming in uh, about whatever subjects you like, actually, and send it into podcast at or Either I or, or my esteemed co host here will mm. we'll read it out. Well, will certainly try to. Yeah, and we'll no try promises. and pronounce it correctly as well. Uh, next yeah. time. Uh, yeah, all for now, but keep them coming in, and um, yeah, we'll read them out next time. Uh, but I think it's about time that we head over to Jeff Tracy's sofa. Oh, because, can't wait uh, Jamie, do you want to tell us who you've got appearing now? It's a very special guest. Mm-hmm. Lee
3: Sullivan's Twitter profile describes him as comic strip and concept artist, occasional rock saxophonist, show-off, and uh, all those make him perfect as a guest for the Jerry Anderson podcast. He first joined us way back in pod four, but now he's here on the sofa to chat all things Anderson once again. It's Lee Sullivan. Er-
0: Yay! Hooray!
3: Hello, Lee Sullivan.
0: Hello, Jamie Anderson. It's very nice to have you here. Isn't it? Can you remember last time you were on the Jerry Anderson podcast? I can't really remember this morning, but uh, yes, I can remember that dim and distant time when I, when I, I, uh, I sort of revealed my olfactory uh, fetishes yes you did we were in a basement bar Mm. uh,
3: in a hotel in london
0: oh that's funny
3: and that was right at the very beginning of the jerry anson podcast and here you are 260 something episodes (laughs) later i can hardly believe it but i'm very pleased you're back again uh lee for anyone who doesn't know you tell us who you are and you're going to set yourself up here because we're going to make you do this very exciting format point we've got called super identification uh, and that's going to show us just how much of an Anderson fan you really are. So give us your Anderson credentials first,
0: and then the pressure's on to perform. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Uh, My Anderson credentials, you say? Mm. Well, I, uh, apart from being a fan from very early on, I have drawn about four or five years worth of Thunderbirds comic strip for uh, Redans magazine and then subsequently done bits and pieces for you which i think you are aware of very uh plus uh, more recently the fireball xl5 anthology uh story which were very kind enough to let me write well didn't have a choice did i i didn't ask
3: <laughs> you just did it i just we'll, did it we'll definitely touch on uh, your presumptive nature oh. uh, but yes you are a long time fan you've brought a box of props which we'll get to later mm. but Now it's time to test your knowledge. On the screen, you're going to see a sequence of very short clips, uh, and you must, as you become aware of what they might be, shout out the title. I'm going to be keeping score, and we'll see if you beat last week's competitor, Ellie. I'm going to be rumbled. Are you ready? Mm, yes. Let's watch the screen. Here is Super Identification.
0: Oh, that's Twizzle. Very good start. He's off to the races. Ah, Torchy, the wonderful ghastly boy. Yep. Ah, four feather falls. Ah, supercar. Oh, and fireball XL5. Stingray! Stingray! Stingray. He's doing very well. Ah, Thunderbirds. Impressive. Should've just got that, shouldn't I? Indestructible Captain Scarlet and Joe 90. Ah, uh, this was. I've never really seen it. Secret Service. He's 10 for 10. UFO! Or UFO. It's Robert Vaughan with a blue dog in the Protectors. And UFO, uh, Space 1999. This is an emergency. Uh, Terror Hawks. I can't believe this. Ah, uh, now this is. This is Dick Spanner. Yeah. Oh, this is one from Richardson, isn't it? Space Precinct. This is one I don't know. Hardwick Hall, Harold's, oh, this is new Captain Scarlet. Oh.
3: Well, Lee Sullivan, is that 18 out of 19 that you scored there? I'm ashamed. That is seriously impressive. Let me just get your scorecard and write the score upon you, if you don't mind. On me, yes. Oh, uh, this is quite impressive. Oh, how there is your score. Please do uh, put that. I wish in. I was taking this away with me because this is. <laughs> it's a lovely little uh, Scott Tracy-esque version of Lee Sullivan Ellie. with his score 18. So See, it goes
0: Ellie's Ellie's score. You know, is completely good because she's much, much younger. Than
3: Absolutely, me. Ellie did very well, but you have rocketed into first place, which is. Incredibly impressive. I intend to hold that for at least one podcast. Well,
0: that's definitely possible. Uh, Now, the one that you didn't get. Yes, it's, um, you see, I never saw it. And I've only just recently become aware of it and I still don't know the name. So you'll have to fill me in. It was Lavender Castle. Lavender Castle. Hardwick Hall, that was close. Was it? Crichton Ward Manor?
3: No, it was Lavender Castle, so uh, one for you to catch one, but 18 out of 19 is, is pretty good. It's a sign of a misspent youth. Yeah, you did, it ra- you did it rather well. Now your Anderson experience goes back to the early days as you showed with a mm. bunch of recognising Twizzle and Torchy and yeah. Four Feather Falls, uh, so I think it's probably worthwhile us revisiting your earliest Anderson memory.
0: First. Yeah, well, the, 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 this was a bit tricky thinking about this mm. because uh, I actually remember Twizzle and Torchy and Supercar very clearly. I don't remember Four Feather the Falls at all. Mm. I just have seen it since in the lovely colorization version. It's marvelous. I'm going to want to watch a lot more of those. Um, but the one thing that really, the, all of those things I liked, supercars, uh, explosive, um, breaking the sound barrier was fantastic. The sounds particularly stayed in my head and the songs. I had the plastic cars we've seen on the earlier uh, Fab Live. Uh, and um, But Fireball XL5 is the first episode I can actually remember part of. And that was... Uh, really etched into my mind in quite a traumatic way. Uh, um, For a long time, I thought that it was a robot uh, approaching Robert, asking him who would like the first groove. Now, that was just a mishearing because I was a kid, but it it actually was extremely terrifying to me. That's my misremembering of it. Subsequently, in fact, last year, I realized it was in fact Plant Man from outer space. Uh, and he says, Who is ready for the first? Or who, who, who wishes for the first dose? I think, which is very strange. Well, should we find out exactly
3: what he says? Let's see what he says. We've got the clip of your first memory. Let's hear it. <laughs> oh, look.
1: And it is all my work. My work! Very pretty, I must say. Yes, but you see the claw form. My own creation is unique. He's the only one. Now I want to make him some companions. That's for you come in. <laughs> I knew that if I sent the weed to Earth, you would hardly be able to resist the temptation to come to Medera. You see, you are far too inquisitive. He's crazy, Plum crazy. It's horrible. Not horrible, my dear Venus. You'll make a beautiful form. Just one injection of chlorophyll formula, and then... But we must be careful not to give an overdose. That would never do. Now, who is for
0: the first dose? And there's no innuendo possible about that particular clip.
3: I don't know why you'd even bring that up. Uh, Nothing I can see there. This is all weird. Uh, So just paint me a picture of... Young Lee, how old were we talking when you were
0: sitting in front of this,
3: Uh, mishearing it?
0: Fireball, I believe, is 62. Mm -hmm. I look over to my colleague Chris, 62. Uh, So I would have been, assuming that I'm remembering it from the first time around, which I think I am, uh, I would have been four. Um, Okay, that's really early.
3: Just paint the picture of young four-year-old Lee watching this. Where where are you?
0: Are you sat cross-legged in front of the telly with Um, anyone? Uh, I would be sitting probably, yeah, we had a very tiny screen, I think, in those days, I, th- I believe. This is for the viewers. Uh, approximately that kind of size screen. He's making a sort of... About nine inches or something. I going to say eight or nine, eight so, eight nine so, yeah, it's a yeah, very good yeah, estimate there. Well, it's a, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, yeah, so I would be sitting on the floor, washing that, and possibly drawing, because mm. I was drawing all this stuff, scribbling over everything, books, newspapers, wallpaper, carpets, uh, and um, fr- honing my art, to be. and um, But just completely absorbed by it. I was a real telly kid. I, I just loved watching television, and uh, nothing much has changed. Uh, but I would be, um, I was really obsessed I, I know now that i love moments there's a moment when fireball is taking off where there's a just a few sparks coming out of the back end of it and i and i explained that to my auntie my godmother at the time and uh, uh, uh i think she must have thought i was completely around the bend but I, I would say yes and and now you'll see the sparks there they go you know and so obsessively detailed uh memory in that respect amazing and that's clearly stuck with you in your future yes. work. It has, isn't it? And uh, I have a... Do, is a prop appropriate now? As long as you describe the prop,
3: okay. I would love oh, to yes, see your props. Yes, we are
0: audio as well as video.
3: Okay. So Lee is currently
0: unveiling his very nice collector's shoebox. Shoebox, yes. My, my wife doesn't know I've got this at the moment, so <laughs> it's the only thing to hand. What I have here, from the time, more or less, is the... Now, the, the aficionados will probably recognize this as the kit master, the f- infamous kit master uh, kit. That was, um, I think you had to send away from it for it. It was probably 13 and sixpence or something. And my father dutifully made it for me because at four it would have been a horrible yeah. mess um, and this is a revamped version of it. I completed all of this with the, the airbrushing and stuff on here. Uh, so Fireball XL Five um, has Fireball did Junior, which detaches. Nice. It's got Steve and Ve- it's rather disappointingly Venus, as far as I was concerned. I wanted Robert in there, but, um, but you know I've got used to it over the years. But this was used. I used to I. There's a period in your, in your childhood where you disregard mm. childish things. And I, was pl- I, I played with this in the garden and kind of left it there. Now, two other children who lived next door uh, apparently came round one day, found it. They're trespassing. You know, you it's impossible to imagine now. Uh, and they used uh, fireball, the main body of fireball, as a hammer. <sighs> Oh, no. And they struck and they struck. I don't know if they were hitting each other, but certainly it was enough to break all the fins off and crack the the fuselage. And I had to spend, I then spent in my 20s, I think I managed to start putting it back together while I was working on weekend shifts at British Aerospace. I do apologise, British Aerospace. I did this on overtime. Uh, There you go. The other thing I've got here, which is related while we're talking about Fireball, is uh are my little Cecil Aww. Coleman tiny little puppets <laughs> of Venus and Steve on strings which are now hideously wrapped, totally untangleable uh, they are they're absolutely hideous. They are the most hideous representations of, of the characters It's not so much the the quality of the sculpt is not bad. But the, the hand painted this was described as hand hand Gosh. painted on the box. Yeah. Uh now Venus has been lying in the sun yes. on one side and uh and Steve is uh well, Steve, let's put it mildly, is wearing a very loud lipstick. Uh <laughs> the other thing that really worried me as a kid is that the because of the puppet nature of these things, they didn't include any limbs. So you have <clears throat> this poor old little Absolutely, almost vac shrunk shrunked trousers and arms. Empty dangling trousers. Empty dangling trousers. They do make very nice kind of wind chimes. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I think you're reaching for a use of them yeah. there. They also have very worryingly baby hands, Gosh. which are... I mean, these are really are quite sinister looking. They're things. horrible, but... They're going to come to life. Yeah, but I have a very soft spot for them because they were, you know, they were my first character. Dolls. That's, are those actual ones, or have you re rebought You have to spoil the magic of it, don't you? No, no, no. It's, it, th- these are... I have repurchased them, because okay. uh, of the originals. Um, well basically I took all their clothes off. Uh, um,
3: okay Lee, then moving on. Uh... <laughs> They're
0: just torsos. It's appalling.
3: Yes, they just get worse. It's amazing how uh, how limited your choices were in terms of toys back then. Yes.
0: Uh, and that you were happy with such ugly little devils as them. Well, the fireball was wonderful, but those particular things are ghastly. And there's a wonderful, I I forgot to bring it along. There's a a jetmobile as well, which has Steve Zodiac and uh, Zuni the Lazoon on the back. And um, Steve has got these extraordinary diamond eyes. And so he looks like a complete maniac sitting on his jetmobile. I think he was a bit of a maniac,
3: so that's only right. Uh, and I should just say to to viewers, listeners uh, at home, that Lee has the most incredible man cave you have ever seen. It is packed to the gills, floor to ceiling, and some stuff hanging from the ceiling, I think. Well, yes, uh, give it time. With, with all sorts of toys and gizmos and kits and figures. It's it's absolutely amazing. And you let me play with your um, spinning
0: top thing, didn't you? <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, the, uh, the wonderful gyroscope. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called. It has a very great, I'll bring that next, in 200 or so episodes time, I'll bring that in. I look forward to it. We can have a play with that, yeah. Anyway, we
3: should move on, uh, because the, uh, our lovely positrons have been sending in questions for you. Oh, blessed! Uh, and as uh, you may be aware, I, I, we can pull those questions from this beautiful container. Uh, You're going inside the mind. From the film. mind of Zelda herself. Yeah. Thank you. That's what we should have come up with last time. I was aching to say it, but I wasn't here. Lee, will you reach in and grab a question and read yes. it out um, and let us know the first question from a podstron. God, it ah, really right. smells this that, is... doesn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd like to get around to that later. Uh, Richard Goodborn, uh, when was Lee's last <laughs> toy sniffing session? <laughs> well, <laughs> if we just wait a moment... Oh, we can have one live. Oh. There you go. That's very uh, rubbery. It is. There you go. There <laughs> and then, Richard was the last uh, toy <laughs> session for point. Immediately, the last one. But I did actually have a little go at supercar uh, for old times' sake before I came along here to see if it's still got the magic. Because yeah, uh, I would explain to anyone who uh, doesn't didn't see the didn't see the thing last time that we uh, it's from the nineteen It's a supercar from the time. It was by um, Plaston. It's a vinyl supercar. So that and it has a kind of plug at the end, which is the uh, nose cone, you take that off and you can squeeze 1960s formed decaying plastic. Mm. (laughs) It's a marvellous thing. Every night before bed. Sounds weird, but lovely. Um, (laughs) Would you like another question from the mind of Zelda? I hope it's as disgusting as that. Jonathan Bell asks, I watched your interview with YouTube star Doctor Who Guide and it was a very good interview. Thank you so much. Uh, if you could redesign a Doctor Who character, <sighs> which one and what improvements would you like to make to it? Uh, well, if I could redesign... Well, I kind of have a few times. I've redesigned Daleks and I've redesigned the Cyberman men, people. Uh, uh, what would I like to have a go at? I would... I'd quite like to have a go at redesigning the Ice Warriors, um, not, f- just to see what what you would come up with, because it, I love the original things, and I, I'm the sort of person that sits there and says, oh, I shouldn't have redesigned that, it was better than the original, but I love actually coming around to it, redesigning things, yes. but, and to try and think about what you might bring to it now and with fresh eyes and, with old roomy eyes as well, you know, that what sort of changes you might make. I haven't a clue what I'd do with it, but they are. I'm sure you do a smashing job. Best combination though, the old, the old nostalgic eyes and the new
3: one. And you might be doing some redesigns for us later in the year, mightn't you? Anyway, Ooh. let's not go too deeply into oh, that. Yes, More I from the mind of that. Zelda,
0: please. Yes, 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 okay. Uh, Martin Smith. Hi, Lee. <laughs> as a rock saxophonist and big Roxy music fan, which allegedly I am. Mm. Uh, what is your favourite Roxy Ferry song that you love playing? Well, I'm sure everyone's very excited to know this. Um, the, the Actually, the one I really love playing is Both Ends Burning, which sums up most of my life up to now, <laughs> <laughs> as I burn the midnight oil currently on, uh, on Daleks. Um, uh, yeah, Both Ends Burning, I love playing that. And we used to have a little contest in the band. I was in Droxy Music tribute band for 10 years. And the original guitarist of that, John Osaroff and I, we, uh, we, uh, we would sort of dueling, dueling guitar saxophone. And I would try to play the longest notes I could without passing out on stage, uh, uh, which is which good fun. So I would, he would be doing, and I'd be going, for as long as I could hold them. A man of many, many talents. Oh yes, some of them, are, some of them I show the world. <laughs> oh, I'm delving into the mind again. Okay. Oh, another man, Anthony Z- Zetna. Is that Z- right? Zetna. Z- Zetna. Z- Z- okay. Lee, I loved your Berenice Summerfield stylized work Ooh, Okay, and would have loved to see you draw a cartoon. <laughs> so many people have wanted me to draw a cartoon. I just keep giving them comics instead. Have you ever thought about producing or seeing an animated film of your work? Well, uh, I've, I've sort of done that because the Doctor Who webcasts, which came out in the early, late, Uh, 1990s, early 2000s, something like that. Uh, I did three webcasts for the BBC of Doctor Who and I provided all the uh, illustrations, the background illustrations and the foreground illustrations that then James Goss uh, animated and um, they went out on the internet. Uh, And so kind of in a way I have... Been there, done that. Been there, done that. But also there's been some very nice, what they call now motion comics of my work, you've actually produced one yourself, mm-hmm. uh, and um, that was fantastic to see. It's really exciting to see work being transferred from 2D into 3D, or apparent 3D, um, and I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, uh, Chris Thompson did a lovely rendering of a craft that I'd done in 3D and maneuvered it around. That. that was a fantastic thing, to see your, what's come out of your head turn into something, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. Part of the magic, isn't it? Mm, it is, yeah. Uh, speaking of coming out of your head, out of oh. Zelda's head, your last question
3: okay, for this part of your interview. Try and pluck a female at this one. Well, just pick a good one. OK.
0: Oh, good. I was right. Willow Landon Smith. Oh, hello, Willow. Uh, I want to know when he's going to design my John Tracy tattoo for me. Well, <laughs> this can be arranged, Willow, if at the next, very next convention you're on. Wow, okay, yeah.
3: there you go, you heard it here first, he's doing a tattoo design. <laughs> uh,
0: have you done any, any tattoos for anyone? Not actually applying them, but designs? <laughs> yes, it's a hobby of mine, I just scribble on people. Um, yes, actually, I have, uh, I, I had one of my drawings, uh, there was a Dalek I did on a hover about. that Colin Young, who's a lovely fan of, of, art, of Doctor Who generally and a, a collector of artwork and he's got some of my artwork, And he had a tattoo made on his shoulder, left or right—I don't know uh, um, which—of that. Which, and he sent me a photograph of it, and I was more than pleased to see that. Uh, And then he asked me to, and he commissioned me to do another one, which was of a a Cyberman. That's right. (laughs) And I very cruelly gave the Cyberman a lot of cross hatching, so the tattooist inflicted <laughs> quite a lot of pain on him for that. You so. cruel man. Yeah, my 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 artwork is on... I just think greater love hath no person that they use a bit of their flesh uh, for my artwork. It's quite incredible
3: isn't it? It I is mean, astonishing. I've seen you at conventions oh. and lots of people come up and say nice things about your work. Mm. Me included, Yes. because as we've discussed I had your artwork on my bedroom wall when I was... Seven, eight, nine years old. So I corrupted you early. You did. The Dark of the Cybermen battle, which was right above my bed. Uh, I'm, I couldn't be more thrilled with that. That's, well, that's marvellous. Nor can I. It's a lovely thing. But <laughs> as, a, as a creative, I just wonder how it is for you when people come up and say, oh, there's this lovely thing you did. I love this so much. Are you able to enjoy their nostalgic joy
0: well, through I their experience? In, in complete uh, the opposite of how your dad was for mm. it. I know he couldn't get nostalgia at all. Um, but uh, no, I love it because I was intensely interested in all that stuff when I was young. All the comic strips, all the programs, I loved, I, you know, I immersed myself in them. Uh, and so I know the effect that those comic strips had on me. I mean, if we're talking about artwork, uh, I know the, the the effect they had on me. And I love the fact that it has that effect on other people. And it's uh, the the particular joy, uh, because one of the first things I did was Transformers. Mm. And although I wasn't a fan of Transformers, of course, all the kids reading it at the time, who were probably between five to 12 or something like that, reading the comic uh, back in the late 1980s. uh, They are, of course, all now, you know, handsome young men with their own families and all the rest of it. Uh, And they come up and sometimes they don't know who they're about to see the work of and when they leaf through my folders and see the Transformers covers they kind of go a bit weak at the knees Mm -hmm. and that is a fantastic moment because that's exactly what I hoped would happen not it's not the you don't want the gratification of that per se but I just wanted to know that that stuff had actually burrowed its way into their minds in the same way that all the stuff I appreciated uh, did to me There's,
3: there's stuff from old TV 21s that you often re- reference as your oh. favorite things often Mike Noble. Yes. But is there a favorite a, a fan favorite is there one image or uh, a, a particular vehicle or an angle or a panel from a comic that people often say I remember that that was my favorite?
0: Uh yes, there's uh, a lot of it's to do with Doctor Who because that's where my most uh, most of my work was done. Um, it's usually a Dalek page, and sometimes the one the first big splash panel I did of Daleks, which is a Dalek landing a black Dalek landing on on us on the planet and in his hoverbout. so I was tapping directly into t v twenty one because that 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 and the the annual the Dalek books were where the hoverbouts, which really only exist in the comic strips um, come from and I've recently. Uh, just redesigned another, the hoverbouts again for the uh, current run which I'm doing of Doctor Who magazine uh, for the Daleks. I redesigned the the hoverbout to look like it imp- might have been designed by the Imperial Daleks and I made the stupid error of doing that because it's a hexagon and very polygonal, if that's a word which it is now it, 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 I don't think anyone's going to use it again <laughs> if it is but um, yeah, that was a big mistake It's really difficult to draw <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so that, that's one of them. Um, also, but the main one really is the usual suspects, which is the Doctor Who lineup. Yeah. And, of course, I've done a usual suspects lineup for the Anderson uh, world, oh, uh, both heroes and villains.
3: Yeah, and they're really lovely things. Uh, oh,
0: did you hear that sound?
3: Well, my hearing's going a bit. It was very loud, you definitely heard it. Oh, yes. That means, Lee, it's time for your quick fire five. <laughs> I'm going to give you a, a, a quick list of five either ors you must choose rapidly. And your choice is locked in forever and can never be gone back on. Are you ready? Yes. Would you rather draw Oink from Stingray in a Spectrum uniform or Colonel White as a furry seal?
0: Oh, Colonel White as a furry seal, obviously. I knew it.
3: knew it. Would you rather know all of Lady Penelope's secrets or help Master Spy steal Supercar? Actually, I'd like
0: to help Master Spy.
3: Knew it. Yeah, Supercar fans through and that's through. That's right. through. Even the studio props fair okay choose from the opening titles of captain scarlet or the closing titles of fireball XL5
0: oh that's cruel uh, mm, uh, closing titles of fireball but because the theme is the song. so wonderful, and the animation. And one of the great things about that for a kid was almost forgetting week by week that Fireball actually goes around the Earth mm. towards the end. Oh, that was a brilliant idea, what a great thing. And all those views of the, of the, of the planets, the close-ups of the moons, the, the sudden zoom shots, yeah, the crash zooms, fantastic.
3: There you go, he really loves it. Uh, your doctor needs to give you a prescription. Oh. Would you rather that he gave you Space1999 anti-radiation pills
0: or Firewall XL5 oxygen pills? Oh, oxygen pills, yeah. there can be no doubt about Incredibly that. I'd, though, I so want though. to float around outside the hull. And finally,
3: you must now pick a colour from the Dulux paint range and become a spectrum agent of that colour. Are you Captain Vanilla Scoop or Captain Purple Pout?
0: Mm, there's, no, there's no Captain Brown
3: in there. Those are your only choices? Uh,
0: I, think, I think vanilla. I'm, I'm a fairly vanilla Really? Yeah.
3: Well, there you go. Lee Sullivan, that's your quickfire five. Well done. Very impressive. <laughs> uh, now, we are running out of time for this oh, session, but yes. will you come back next week? Yes, if I have to. You absolutely must. In fact, we'll probably make you stay right there for seven days. Shall I wear the same T-shirt then? If you could for uh, continuity. That'll be great. Thank you. We look forward to that. Uh, Until then, where can can people find you online if they want to stalk you or see your work?
0: (laughs) I like stalkers. It's a a new thing for me. Um, I am on Facebook uh, as Lee Sullivan. Also Lee Sullivan Art, but go to Lee Sullivan. That's a picture of me and my ex-dog. Uh, and um, <clears throat> I'm also on the web. I've got a website, which is Lee Sullivan Art. And uh, that should get you to me. I'm on Twitter. I never use the thing. We always
3: tag you on Twitter and you always ignore it. So I'd never look. don't follow him on Twitter.
0: I don't, I don't look at Twitter. No. Yeah, that makes sense. No interest at, it at all.
3: Anyway, next time, Lee, we're going to talk about Fireball XL5 and comic stuff that you've been doing more recently through the First Action Bureau and... What might come next, maybe? (laughs) But for now, Lee Sullivan, thank you very much indeed. My pleasure. Oh, thanks, Lee. It's always nice to have Lee around. It is always nice. And don't worry, he's not going anywhere because he's going to come back next week. Well, I hope he
2: is going somewhere. He's not going to stay here for...
3: We're well, skipping on the sofa. It looks very comfy. Fair enough. Actually, it's a bit firm, isn't it? It's just a bit firm. Good for a bad back, though.
2: Has he got a bad back? Yeah. Oh well, there we so are. That's going to help
3: him out. Great. Help so, thankfully, More
2: yeah. next week. Yeah, more next week. Now, I'm just going to head on over to our Facebook group. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Podstron. Good idea. Where lots of our wonderful Podstrons have been t- uh, posting. Matthew Mayhew, for example. Well, that space precinct finished. He says. I don't think that's like you know. Well, that's it. That's all It's so over. It's, uh, I Cancelled. think he means he's been watching it uh, and he's yeah. finished. And as predicted, my average rating puts it. Less my second highest rated show behind Space 1999 I mean I'd agree all thanks to its stars yeah the variety of stories helped keep the series interesting with ambitious storytelling this helped as they could have gone down the route of police procedurals just in space I think The Fire Within is one of the best stories in all sci-fi not just in Anderson directed wow. by John Glenn of course, of course another lovely previous John previous podcast host uh, guest rather Oh, wouldn't it be great to have John Glenn as a host? Maybe we can have guest hosts in. Mm. Oh. Uh, the attention to detail that the mask makers had to create unique tarns and creons, even for minor characters, helped make the world more impressive when they probably didn't need to go that far. Yeah, probably true. It's a shame that we didn't get a second series of this. Definitely deserved one. Agreed. It would have allowed more stories focusing on Haldane and Castle and one focusing on Turk or Fredo. Mm. Mm. Right, we well, missed someone out there, but never mind. Uh, now to read and listen to Richard James' Extensions to the Universe. Are there any more Space Precinct alumni around for podcast interviews? We've talked about this, haven't we? Yes. Also, hats off for Rob Youngblood and Simone Bendix for being able to do all those action scenes in those tight trousers and knee high boots. Fair enough. Anyways, off to the worlds of animation to round out my Andiverse journey. And that's Matthew Mayhew, who's been enjoying Space Precinct. Amazing.
3: Nice. Second favourite after Space 1999. Can you believe oh, that's it? That's brilliant. Yeah, I'll take I can,
2: that. I can just about believe it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Other well, I mean, we should. Yes, we'll try and get um, some people. I mean, uh, Mary Woodvine would be great. It'd be trouble yeah. getting uh, you know, the, the Americans over, I would think. But, mm, um, but uh,
3: if they're visiting.
2: Yeah, who knows?
3: Never say never. Never say never. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've got a Facebook post here mm-hmm. from Gareth Randall, if you'd like it. Oh, uh, cool. Well, he's posted an oldie, but a goodie. Oh, yeah. Joe's 90. Oh, yes, go on. Former TV star Joe 90 celebrated his 90th birthday yesterday with a quiet retirement party in Filey, North Yorkshire. (laughs) Joe, who during the 60s starred in his own television show, has not been able to walk unassisted since his leg strings snapped in the late 80s. (laughs) But staff at the Bayview Retirement Home say that he's in good spirits and was able to enjoy a glass of champagne on his birthday. 90s wife, Rhapsody Angel, uh, out of Captain Scarlet, sadly died in 1992 following a long bout of woodworm. Joe, Joe so bad. Joe was forced uh, to sell the giant food mixer in which he sat at the beginning of the TV show to pay for her funeral. The couple had no children.
2: Oh, sad, sad notification there. What? <laughs> isn't that funny? I mean, it, it, it is, but it's, it's also a bit dark. It is a bit dark, isn't it? But it makes you wonder what happened to our favourite uh, you know, stars from our favourite shows. Perhaps sometimes it's best not to know. Best not to ask. Mm, yeah, maybe not. Uh, thanks for that. Yeah, great. Thanks, Gareth, I think. Uh, now, do pop along to our Facebook group. Uh, it's a fantastic place to hang out. You can post all your pictures of your latest merch and mm. even your cosplay mm. and your models that you've mm. been
3: building. And your events you're going to. Events. Exactly. Fan fiction you're writing. Oh, yeah. Weird sort of semi obituaries <laughs> that you're writing about characters. <laughs> Anything you
2: like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we'll see you there. Um, in the meantime, I think it's that time that everyone's been waiting for. Is it really? Yeah. No, it's not time to go. I was about to leave Adam and <sighs> But it's the
4: next best thing. It's time for the randomizer. Oh, Chris, over to you. Mr. Sullivan? Report to the podcast studio. Reporting as ordered, sir. Hello, how nice to see you. Nice to see well, you. Well, you are of course familiar with this article right oh, here, yes. aren't you? This is the Jerry Anderson podcast randomizer, the famous, randomizer. the very famous one. Yes, and in here we have every Jerry Anderson television episode and feature film ever made. Blah 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 blah. Would you like to press the button for us today?
0: I certainly would, Chris. Yes,
4: and we'll see. Here we go.
0: Is that the right button? <laughs> It wasn't the same as last week, but we'll okay. go with it. That's fine. Strangely, it does the same I don't thing. know
4: what half of the buttons
0: on here do. No.
4: So, anything you're hoping to see come up today?
0: Uh, well, I'm hoping for a touch of Robert Vaughan.
4: Well, that's a bit controversial in some sectors. What have we got here? Oh, well, it's the Protectors, and the episode is... I believe it's Quinn. I could go off you, you
0: know. Did for you, Chris? Thank you very much.
4: Well, I did not want to see this one come up today. There are several episodes of The Protectors that I really just have dreaded for a long time having to talk about. Uh, oh, cute doggy! Hey, doggy! Max. Oh no, that's not the name of the dog. Um, yes, this from season two, and also a case for the right from season one. Um, largely because I find both plots absolutely impenetrable. Uh, This, I believe, was the first episode made for Season 2, and I have seen it described, I think it was on DVDreviewer.net, which I suspect is not running anymore. Uh, They reviewed this episode, I think they gave it like a 3 out of 10, saying that it was either the second half of a two-parter or just the most impenetrable piece of outsider art that they had ever experienced. But we open with, I'm guessing this is Madrid, uh, a chap on the run from Brian Glover and friend. And uh, <laughs> and this little kid. Got to get that little kid off the street. Uh, as I recall, this episode does have um, a, a nice guest cast in the sense of, you know, Brian Glover's here. And uh, someone else familiar to British audiences will, will be along shortly. But it's not looking good for this guy. Um... Mm. Yes, this is another reason I, I, I feel, and I, I'm sorry, I do feel that I let the side down a bit with my unfamiliarity with the Protectors. But I think a lot of why that is, is because I was holding out for, for Blu-rays, uh, and I was postponing it. Like with other ITC shows, um, Strange Report and The Champions, I've been holding off re-watching them in case anything in the Blu-ray department comes along. But he's mentioned Quinn. You can tell that that mention of Quinn was very serious because it got the freeze frame before the opening titles. There we go, there's our other notable guest star, Peter Vaughan uh, of uh, porridge fame. was Harry Grout in that. I mostly, actually my abiding memory of him, aside from being a villain in a lot of these ITC shows, is when he played Anthony Hopkins' father in Remains of the Day, and there's that horrible shot of him serving someone a meal, and you just see this little drop of water forming on the end of his nose, and it like drips down in slow motion. Ah. You see, I'm I'm coming up with all sorts of brilliant memories for this one. But, uh, yes, Uh, assuming this is Madrid, Harry is here, the Contessa is here, uh, Bubbles are here. Um, A lot of people who I suspect don't know that they are on camera. And uh, I I don't know how long she would have been in the country before she started filming this, but Nari Dawn Porter looks quite tanned in this episode.
1: Rosemary
4: and thyme. See, I have to sing there because I know that even though you all love my singing, uh, the YouTube copyright goblins will probably catch that little snippet of Simon and Garfunkel in the background. So... Rosemary and thyme. So, it's just kind of hanging around in Madrid for a bit. Um, oh, Zizi. This is significant to Man With Moustache. Robert Vaughan is also looking very tanned. Hmm. Or just pink. Again, I think this is why I I still want this on HD, because some of the the flesh tones are a bit overdone in this restoration. Who designed
1: it? One de Veronia or one
4: Pasquale de Mania? Hmm. No answer to that. Yeah, this episode kind of starts out in, sort of in situ, events are already playing out. And I don't think it helps our understanding of things. I can kind of understand why they've done it. Because a lot of the time with the Protectors, I think I've said this many times before, they're not quite long enough to support the story. So they've decided this time, well, let's just start with the story already halfway through. And just trust the audience to pick it up as they go along. I don't think it quite works. I also recognize uh, this little chap here, but I can't think of the name, which is annoying. Hmm. So, Harry rules little uh, signal with the, what was it, straws or something there? ZZ. Yes, that meant something to that waiter. Hmm. This calls for a, another very 70s gentleman, a very 70s looking sunglasses and mustache combo.
1: Taxi?
4: Yes. Well, do you know what's going on? I don't know what's going on. Hmm. May as well follow. I'm here with a friend, a good friend.
1: Then he's a good friend of Michael. An American called Harry
4: Rule. We've been looking for a man, Quinn. Oh no, it's even more serious now. We've gone to slow motion, freeze, flame, black and white for some reason. Uh, Needless to say, they're building this Quinn guy up to just massive hype levels. And even though it's, it's Peter Vaughan. They're not going to quite carry it off, I don't think. Uh, I apologise to anyone out there for whom Quinn is, is their absolute favourite episode. I, I have tried to engage with it before, and I suspect that the story itself is quite simple, in that they are just looking for this criminal mastermind named Quinn. Um, but it kind of, I don't know, the way the story is told and the, the layers to it, it's a very simple idea told in a very convoluted way. I do try with the protectors. I do like it. It's just some of these stories are a bit oh, a bit impenetrable. So, Harry has wandered into the arena. And he's having his photo taken. In his lovely beige jacket and brown tie. Not many men can pull off beige, brown and blue in the same setup. But uh, he's managing it. has anything happened in this episode? Oh, who's this? It's another guy with a I'm fancy suit.
1: I'm looking for Quinn.
4: Wow. That went down like a Mr.
1: Rule.
4: Glass of nothing? Be careful. I don't need to listen to that from a man with a pink tie. His tie matches the color of his hands. So, um here we have a montage of guest artists asking questions. And again, I doubt any of these people know they're on camera. It's so fun, yeah. The protectors hire someone else to go out and do all we'll the work yes, yes, for them.
1: Hello. Eric. I expected you earlier. Yeah, I just made contact. With Quinn? Not yet, but now I know he's here. Me too. Pugger went white when I mentioned his name. Quinn no, he went kind of black and white. And white. It's the currency he uses. It's an international disease. Harry, don't let this get too personal. When that happens, you lose perspective.
4: And then we have to get you to hand in your badge because you're a loose cannon and you're off the force. I
1: had a cable from Paul. He's due in this afternoon. Oh,
4: hurrah. Senor Rull. What next? We wait.
1: Senor Rule. Hmm. Senor
4: Rule. It doesn't that like they have Senor to wait Rull. for long.
1: Yeah.
4: It'd be handy if I knew where these two were in relationship to each other. It's a wonderful way to run an investigation. You just sit back at the hotel and wait for people to bring you clues. So who's this? Oh, it's the waiter guy again. Lots of furtive glances and uh, concerned meaningful looks this week. Um, okay, so now the uh, Harry and the Contessa are actually on camera together. This is uh, the first time it's happened so far this episode. I mean, to their credit, none of the, uh, the people in the background actually seem to recognise Robert Vaughan. Again, there's no way, I think, in, in a situation like this, that you could actually control the activities of passers-by. Um, oh, here comes our man with the pink shirt again. That was a very quick cutaway. Was that a clue that he's going to... I think he might be about to snatch the Contessa. Well, another abandoned house. Oh, no, not so empty. We have a thug. Uh, may as well stroll on in and see what we can do. Nice soundtrack in this episode, I, I give it that. Um, I do one of my favourite soundtrack releases and sadly it is not available anymore, hasn't been for a while, is the uh, is Network's release of The Protector's soundtrack. Because it's a five-disc, it's one of those Every Note Ever collections.
1: Have a.: proposition,
4: Mr. Rule. And this has a nice but score.
1: Quit.
4: I'm. Quit. I said,: no. Is that the same guy with pink tie from earlier? We are Do they have two guys I'm with pink ties, it. or did I get that one outside confused <laughs> just then? Well, Harry has strolled into the enemy camp. What's the contessa doing? She's in a pet shop. Uh, as a car approaches with a speedy Stop. All right, okay, Harry's being bundled into the car. I was assuming the Contessa would have been snatched uh, while Harry was in there. Oh, and it's times like this where the Contessa appreciates she doesn't have Chino around anymore to give her a lift, because uh, Chino, along with uh, Suki, they were both dropped between seasons. Um, obviously, neither of them added much to the the plots of the stories. I suspect also part of it may have been the You've, you're gonna now have 52 episodes. You can show these in random order and you wouldn't get a sense that those two characters are necessarily gone. But, speaking of characters who are gone, the Contessa has lost Harry. Well, without melodrama this episode doesn't really have much going for it. Because there's a lot of build-up to this, this character, almost like he's the, the king of the, the criminal underworld of the Protectors. And I can think of at least well, half a dozen characters off the top of my head who are far more menacing within this series. Oh, another thug. Ooh. Same thug. See, it, it doesn't help that the thugs in this show, okay, they, a lot of them wear different clothes, but they all have the same face. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to keep track of them all. So, um, generic thug number five has followed Contessa and Little Guy to railway sidings to meet man in blue overalls, painting a train, blue. The thug can't allow any of this to, to go on. And the blue man is scarpered. And I do always like in old shows, and I don't think they do it so much anymore, is when you can have chase scenes in and around, like railway sidings and stations and such, and actually crawl underneath or behind the trains and rolling stock. I think there's, a, there's probably a few in the Protectors. No, this is the Protectors. A few in the Professionals. Uh, I think there's a really good one in an episode of Gideon's Way. Anywho, um, Little Man has been shot, uh, only injured I think. Caroline is still free because the, the Blue Thug Man, sorry, can't find her. Um, everyone's kind of trying to work out where everyone else is now. Contessa's hiding, here comes Blue Thug. Hmm. so everything hinged on that one guy painting a train. Without him, the whole case just falls apart. Nice low angles on this, this sequence, though, really getting the sense of scale uh, of these, these locomotives. And again, I think going back to, was it Bagman, which had the, the location work with all the tubes, uh, there's some nice use of location settings. And again, it makes me wonder, was this, having it set around a a railway yard written into the script, or is this a happy accident that they found a a suitable location to make a good uh, chase sequence? Because it's getting quite tense now. I'm surprised to hear myself saying that, because I've always had this one sort of pegged as, you know, very bottom uh, of the list protectors. It's proving slightly better than I remember. But, yeah. Again, I think they're just kind of overselling the villain. You need I point out, we have not actually met yet. Oh, no. Well, they'd oh, nearly made their getaway. The Contessa's fallen and Little Man is going to panic and leave her. The Contessa has lost the use of her legs entirely. Oh, no. Thug going to shoot her? No. Her main character immunity status is secure. So, Brian Glover has now brought Harry Rule to a nice little villa um, way out in the middle of nowhere. I suspect this might be to meet old Quinn. Lots of walking into rooms slowly in this episode. Ah, another generic thug. Oh, and there's our man. There is Quinn himself. Peter Vaughan, yes. He's a very good actor and a very fine villain in a lot of these ITC shows, but he's, he's turned up, what, I guess we're about eight minutes from the end of the episode, and again he is wearing a dodgy moustache as well, <sighs> so, let's just sip our wine. What do you think? Hmm.
1: Thin texture. Smooth. I can't tell the color. Too, uh, sweet. Hmm.
4: Well, they've hit it off.
1: You want to talk to me? In private?
4: Briefly, this became a uh, food and drink type show. We have a lot of wine on the table. So, this is what it's all been built into. A man we've been
1: searching for. It's taken me two months to find
4: you. For two months. I'm a very
1: private person, Mm. Mm. and you are the most influential and feared man in the international mercenary world. You've made a fortune out of war, genocide. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind
4: of um, we're just kind of being told all this stuff about Quinn, without really seeing any of it for ourselves. uh, Other than the fact that we know he has a lot of thugs with the same basic um, get-up.
1: Mercenary parachute group. Hmm. Police to the highest
4: bidder. I That's need it. Nice I was also impressed when Harry said it had taken him two months to track down Quinn. Oh, Paul's arrived in his uh, black and gold spotty cravat. Yeah, it's taken two months to track Quinn down when all they really needed to do was go to his hometown and just kind of ask around. Yes, I kind of wish. Uh, and I feel a bit bad for saying this. I kind of wish. That Brian Glover possibly could have played Quinn because I like the um the slightly demented um, cruel streak that we saw in the character. Do you film. want me to the place to train? Yeah. Here she is, alive and well. And I believe. believe. Yes, they have to Sutton. act as if they don't know each other.
1: My name is Laura Sutton.
4: Hmm. Miss Sutton. Oh, so he's gotten wise to her. Which means. Oh, now Paul has to go around asking people questions. Yes. Because one montage like this in the episode wasn't enough. We have to have two. Uh, As poor locals are interrogated and harassed. Oh, this woman is not enjoying it. She just wants to get home and uh, get this washing sorted out. Again, nice, nice direction here. There's a very interesting shot. But it's a, lot of, it's a lot of work and a lot of interesting imagery in the service of a very thin plot. To be fair, I understand the plot a bit more this time. Uh, it's not as impenetrable as I remembered. I just think they've, they've oversold this character.
1: Decided to mind my business.
4: Because although, as I said, Peter Bourne is a, is a great actor, this this isn't his finest performance, and I think it's just a, a lack of material to engage with. Now, who are you? Is that a bee? Is that on the episode, or is that here with me? Yeah, more bees. Hmm. I do like parts of this finale, though. Um, they're doing the old thing. You I think say it's you need my help. been done in Bond films and such. Oh, you. Yeah hero of the show. Shoot this person who is your colleague that I don't no. know is your colleague. Um, and although Robert Vaughan remains uh, typically solemn, uh, I think Nairi Dawn Porter does a really good job of selling the fear here because she knows if Harry doesn't go through here. with this,
1: there's no one for
4: he's, uh, well, he'll get it in the back first from uh, Brian Belova's oh, okay. shotgun. she doesn't want to throw away two months of work. Oh, poor Contessa. Again, this is a good example of why this show would look great remastered in HD. I think the, if you just see in this shot, the skin I tones the on Brian Glover and Robert In Ball, front of a
1: witness. You'd have something on me, I wouldn't mind that.
4: They're far too pink. And I don't know how much better the show could look in HD, but this was 16mm, sure. and the professionals were 16mm, and you almost can't in tell, it, it's almost indistinguishable from 35mm. I'd like to think that this could be scrubbed up and look really great. No. Here we Oh dear. Yes, we've got to do that bit as well. <laughs> the uh, the fake-outs. Robert Vaughn just seems a bit confused when every time it cuts back to Nari Dawn Porter, she is acting her socks off. But it does lead to something that I've mentioned before with the second series of The Protectors, is that there are so many downbeat endings when someone... Oh, there goes Quinn. Yeah, someone ends up crying or dying or both. Um, So Paul has taken out Quinn and Brian Glover, and the Contessa, well, it's all too much for her. And I I kind of like this type of ending as a one-off, but they kind of got to doing it every single week or every other week in the second season. And I'm not sure I'm I'm too keen on it. Because I like, actually, on ITVX, if you look up the show on ITVX, the description is Chipper Detective Show, and I kind of like that. So there was Quinn. um, Slightly better than I remembered. Louis Barbu, that's a nice name for a taxi driver. But it's still never going to be one of my favourite episodes, unfortunately. I am really happy to be done with this one. It's been looming over the randomizer for quite a long time. Uh, so I'm glad to get it out of the way, but I will give it credit. It wasn't as bad as I remembered. Still not great, unfortunately.
3: Nothing better than a bit of Tony Christie to round out an episode of no, The Protectors. Because no. the rest of it yeah. really you think, is something to be desired. Do you
2: think it peaks with the opening titles? I
3: mean, when Harry Rule's dog comes up, that's the best bit for oh, me, because yeah. he's very much like my big old boy, oh, is that's, yeah, right. so. yeah, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. But
2: yeah, well, there we go. Yeah, it's a strange sort of um, sidestep from the Jerry Anderson universe, as we know it. Yeah, but it's, you know, it, yeah. it still belongs, yeah. but it's sort of like a, an awkward kind
3: of cousin that nobody See, likes talking to. The awkward relative that comes to the funeral. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, oh, Joe you're Knight here, well. are you?
2: Yeah, mm. that's right. Uh, yeah, great, so more randomizer next week of course, when he'll be picking another random episode from a random Jerry Anderson series from The randomizer. Thank you for explaining the format. I did. Maybe I should have done that before. Mm. The Never mind. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but that's all for now. Uh, we'll be back next week. We've got a second part of an interview with uh, Lee Sullivan. We're yeah, on of Jeff lovely, sofa, of course. lovely Lee. Why am I the only one calling it Jeff Tracy's
3: Sofa? Oh, sorry. I'll be, yes, looking forward to sitting down with Lee on Jeff Tracy's Sofa next week.
2: I think that works. Yeah, great. In the meantime, keep your emails coming in podcast at jerryanderson.com. Post on our Facebook group and also on our YouTube channel. And why not hashtag us JerryAndersonPodcast on the old Twitter? Or the new Twitter? Yeah. Any Twitter you like. Yeah, whatever it'll be by then. Something Good. else, probably. Okay. Yeah. Until then, see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.
1: Let's get started. Let's go.
0: Spectrum is green.
2: Can I drink my coffee now, please? Drink your coffee. Have you been waiting that have, whole podcast for I your was coffee?
3: So thirsty the whole time, the and whole I thought thing. if I have it, you'd tell me off. Oh, you
2: were very brave. Oh, let's hear it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's
3: good, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> oh, aren't these mics great? We're back to this ASMR thing. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, thank nice. goodness for that. Feel better? I do, but I, you know, I'll let you in on a secret, postrons. Right. Richard James. Yeah. Now he's producing quite the slave Drive. Am I? Yeah, I <sighs> daren't even reach down for yeah. my
2: coffee in case well, he cracked the whip and it, told me off. It's all about the schedule. We've got to get them done, Jamie. OK, well... It's, it's yeah, before. we've got to get them done, so drink your coffee. Come on, Okay, be quick, because I've got to go and edit it and okay. publish it. Sorry, so, getting on now. Yeah, crack, okay. Right. OK, bye. Ah, oh, pay peanuts, you get monkeys. That was an Anderson Entertainment
0: production.